We are the men who. I think it's been and will continue to be and is right now a valuable lesson to for things to be uncomfortable, to be hard. Um, actually quoted Glennon Doyle as I was leaving the school today to my, my colleague and I was like, we can do hard things. I can't argue that anything difficult that's happened to me or things that I've been through that I felt hard or uncomfortable or challenging haven't, you know, I couldn't say they haven't taught me a lesson that they weren't worth it. Welcome to The Men Who Talk, the men's mental well-being podcast brought to you by The Men Who. The Men Who is a men's collective for actively maintaining positive mental well-being. With The Men Who, men have the opportunity to talk, listen, support, care for, and help themselves and each other build meaningful connections in person, online, and together. Together, it's our purpose to raise the power of sharing what's on our mind and make it easier for men everywhere to access their well-being potential. Join us on this lifelong journey. We are The Men Who, and welcome to The Men Who Talk. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the Men Who Talk podcast. It's such a pleasure to see you. It's so lovely to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me to be part well, of this. I think we should start with a thank you because I heard this concept on another podcast once that was um, like every podcast has a podcast guru, which is the person who encouraged you to do the <laughs> podcast. So it's not necessarily, you know, the person you had the most contact with. But I think when we came on your podcast, The Bro and the Brave, um, a couple of years ago, me and John were just like, oh. Maybe people do want to listen to us. Maybe we're doing something right. Maybe we could actually start a podcast of our own. And then you know, two years later, we, we finally got there. But yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for that. For that uh, a pleasure, although I laughed when you said guru because it's like far from it. But it's, <laughs> you know, I loved that episode. I loved chatting to you both. And I got so many great responses from that episode. People really, it really resonated with people. Um, and I had a lovely time chatting to you both. I got, obviously it was just through the internet. Um, we've still yet to meet in person, but it, it was, I felt really connected to both of you after that conversation. And um, yeah, yeah. it's lovely to hear that you've inspired somebody else or you've just given people the confidence to do it. Because I'm like, well, hello, if I'm doing it, you're fine. You can totally <laughs> do it. That's kind of how I, that's my kind of go-to with people. I'm like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when I started a podcast, but the mm-hmm. want to do it was bigger than all the other fears. So I just did it and then made it happen and we figured it out. We're still yeah. figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think that's just the, like you say, the confidence to talk and have your voice be heard by people you might not know is a strange thing, but it's also like such a pleasure to, to imagine someone getting something from it as well. Totally. I mean, the, the much I've gotten from the podcast from a purely selfish point of view like it's it really has been life-changing for me doing my podcast and um when people do ask me to come on there it's like you do you did the other week there I was like oh no like <laughs> why are you asking me but then I was like come on now like people have said yes to you when they probably didn't want to say yes so they were apprehensive um, and it's not that I didn't want to come on yours but there's that that there's that chat in your head like why are you asking me what have I got to mm, say yeah but I just said yes anyway because I was like because we'll just have a lovely chat and mm-hmm. even if you talk nonsense, we'll have a nice time. So it'll be fine, Lisa. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that I feel like I want to jump into like a topic that I thought of recently, which was, you know, because you're a creative, you're is it dancing choreography, you're yes. yeah, predominantly, yes. Yeah. So I've been I've been 
thinking about this more generally, I've watched a couple of films about like famous artists and noticed that there's this always present fear that the thing that you're doing isn't good enough. It seems to yeah. be like universal. Do you, do you think this is just the curse of being a creative and artist or is there a way 100%. to get rid of it? I don't think I've met anyone that does anything creative. And I mean, I believe that everybody is a creative being is whether you wish to tap into that or to what degree but I think um, we all I mean I think just humans in general probably have that in our doubt but I think being creative you are given a piece of yourself like what you make is a part of you and then you hand it over for other people to to chew on to judge mm-hmm. to enjoy hopefully or not or like comment on or or feel something from um, and that just can feel quite exposing um yeah. Uh, so yeah as much as like it's a pure joy I don't I think I've I, I mean they I've done what 180 odd episodes with lots of creative people uh and the chat is always like oh I don't know what I'm doing I'm just making this up and bah and like why <laughs> but like why 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 have I chosen this to do this in my life and I'm like oh good so it always makes me feel better because I'm like oh I'm not the only one but yeah I don't think there's a solution I've not found a solution yet to the old imposter syndrome <laughs> oh yeah I, I, it's 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 like an always present voice somewhere whenever I'm making something and I, I try to sort of make friends with it like try to speak gently to it like no just you know it's useful to have that voice of criticism isn't it it's useful that's to have so a voice that, that's telling you oh I think you could be better here and here but then there's also yes. that voice has kind of got to be a, your servant it can't be your master you, you can't be listening to that voice all the time otherwise that's nothing so would true. ever go out with it yeah, it's really important to be able to not think that you're the bee's knees all the time. Like, just like, everything I make is wonderful. <laughs> well, that's like narcissism on the other side of the spectrum. So true, so true. I'm like, I think I'm the opposite of that, which can be quite detrimental to my mental health at times. But um, yeah, it is like trusting your gut so that you, you know, when you are making a choice or your, your go-to is that, and you keep going back to that, you're like, well, this, this is obviously what I meant to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and it's not failed you before, so why would it now? Let's just go with that. So you mm-hmm. kind of, that's just through, I think, through experience as well. Like, you know, how many spins around the planet you get, you get to have a bit more belief in yourself at points, I would say. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That sounds good. I, I was just thinking like, you know, does Leonardo DiCaprio or, you know, someone who's a huge actor mm-hmm. or someone who seems very confident, even in their, do they have moments where there's this going on in their head or, or maybe they've oh, conquered sure. that through just sheer kind of prolificness. I don't know. Yeah, though I was speaking to an actor recently and she's and she's a writer and director, so she's she she sees it from all points of view, I guess, when she's wearing different hats and and she was like, Yeah, but some people are just like are always told that they're right. So mm. then they just have this belief and I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, as much as I have many cheerleaders in my life, I think I've many people in my life who are very real and who are also not in the creative world as well, mm. in terms of their jobs. So it's having that perspective of like okay well I'm not saving lives here I'm just making mm. up a dance so it's fine and it's fine <laughs> people don't like it do you know what I mean like no, nobody died so yeah um, so it's just having that perspective but equally art is very important and you know it's my life so I'm like not being down on it but yeah just sometimes being like get out your own way and get out mm. your own head and yeah everything's yeah. relative yeah and it's like um I love what you said about everyone being creative. Like everyone has this capacity in them. It's just whether or not they choose to express it or whether they're in the right context to allow them to do that. Um, yeah, and I feel extremely lucky to have had the opportunity to, and people, those cheerleaders saying, yeah, you can do that. That's totally not a daft idea that you mm. do that for a living or, you know, that you even, that you spend your time doing that. Um, because I, I know and I've witnessed all the time that 
adults and children alike like don't get that space mm. or that encouragement so I've made it massively part of my work and that's just it's just going to happen naturally that I've taught a lot uh, in my work life to date um, so I get the privilege of trying to encourage people to be to tap into that creativeness and I'm like mm. you can totally do this this is like you can't get it wrong because you're just making it up yeah. so literally yeah. no right answer here no wrong answer like literally the first thing that comes in your head that'll be fabulous people <laughs> are just like you know and I can see the fear sometimes of you know you're working with young people and they're like they think that you've got the answer and you're wanting to get that answer from them and I'm like I genuinely don't I genuinely don't know like I'd mm. like you to give me something that I haven't thought of that mm. would be amazing um so that's a gift to be able to do there's, that there's nothing there's nothing like that feeling though of like successfully moving something from your head into reality like that manifesting Absolutely. kind of potential that's incredible and I think you... what's even better is seeing other people do that and be witness to that and holding space for that like I like that better I think than me bringing an idea to life <laughs> like I think <laughs> I prefer like seeing other people do it because I'm always like there's always a doubt with my idea so even mm. when it comes to life I'm like nah, I don't know maybe I should have done something differently whereas if I see somebody else do something and I can see the joy and the boost of confidence or whatever or just getting out of like the world for a while and getting into this other world I'm like this is like this is lovely that's cool how do you do that then what's your how do you get someone to get over that inner critic or fear of expressing themselves is it just like a get on with it or is it something more to this I mean I think that play is really important I mean dance Mm. and art and I think I always say this but you know as adults we don't play enough we just go and play has stopped now do you know what I mean? And like we have maybe have organized play like sports and stuff like that, but, but there's um, many rules to those things. Which yeah. I'm like, I'm not a rules person, hence why I didn't do any sport when I was like at school or anything. Um so I games are really important, like especially in a lesson. And I mean that with you know adults, even like I'm going through um I'm going where am I going next week? I'm going somewhere in Scotland. The name of the place escapes me. I've never been there before. That's why I'm like, where am I going? Dumfries and Galloway, that area. And uh, I'm going to teach. A completely different workshop, it's not dance, it's to do with poetry and sports. And I, the first thing that came to my head was like, we're definitely going to do a game. And I explained to the person who's leading the workshop, like I was like, I'm going to do a game. Is that cool? I know it's adults, but I think just being able to play and be silly and get, you know, working in the arts, I've been lucky to work in theatre a lot. So I've gained a lot of knowledge from not only the dance world, but working with theatre practitioners and how they get people into character and, you know, get them themselves into the, the world of wh- whatever the play is or whatever we're making. So mm. I've managed to gather all these wee nuggets that I just take along with me and try and adapt in whatever situation. As I say, whether it's kids or, or young, eh, young people or adults I'm working with, I think it's just like a game's always good because it kind of breaks down barriers, like be a wee bit silly but there's no expectation like we're not like and we're making something because that's mm-hmm. quite a big deal like do you yeah, know what I mean like scary. just expect people just to produce something um but a game where it's just like I don't know using words or something and then maybe you put a reaction to it or something and you're just with a partner so you're not really looking at anybody else in the room mm. then all of a sudden becomes choreography because I'm like you did a wave and that other person stumped their foot and then that you then did a clap that's actually choreography don't you know you're not mm. a choreographer. Well done. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then you can see people's minds being like, what? Um, so I quite like games because they just, it's fun and it kind of just settles the room and settles everybody's like, oh my God, I'm going to be asked to dance or I'm going to be asked to make something. That sounds mm. like a lot. That sounds like a lot of pressure. 
yeah so games games are the way forward play play is so important because play keeps you like dynamic and and curious about the world i think you know nothing's settled in play it's all up for grabs in a way yeah and it's like you know being part of a team or like just games that are like down to chance you know so some games it won't necessarily be a winner um which are quite like and then other games i'm like it's good that there's somebody that won like Mm -hmm. because like we can't win everything do you know what i mean and i think that's important for young people to learn as well like you won't win it all but it's mark because you were taking part and that's the main thing mm-hmm. um so yeah and just communication skills as well like i was in a school today and we i just got the whole room to not talk which was no mean feat as you can imagine mm. in and with young people and yeah. uh, they had to communicate in other ways to get themselves into a line starting with the tallest person to the smallest person and i was kind of timing them saying how long can you how long will it take you to do this without talking not allowed to talk so they're all like lining each other back to back and they were all pointing each other you go there and I was like you're not allowed to manhandle anybody touch anybody <laughs> grabbing each other but they did it and they did it in a really short amount of time with no talking and I was like that's such a team like, effort and you've totally nailed it and it was just like a daft game it didn't, it didn't lead to anything but it was just like and now we've set the room the kind of vibe that we need in the room where everybody's focused and on task so yeah. yeah so i think games are a good way to just make everybody feel at ease hopefully yeah and i think it teaches you that it, like with so much division going around the world it teaches you that we can work together really easily actually with simple yes. prompts we, we like to work together we like to co-create um when that kind of fear of being seen to not be enough is so not true. present you know so true yeah you nailed it yeah at 100 um teamwork makes the dream work <laughs> exactly exactly same <laughs> wisdom <laughs> so tell, tell us a bit about your podcast lisa like what what's the idea behind it and, and you've already mentioned that it's changed you a little bit but in what ways has it changed you, do you think wow um yeah the podcast is called the bro and the brave I actually started life as a blog um so I was a keen kind of writer. I did an English degree in a past life and didn't really do anything with it, but was kind of missing, you know, just writing my thoughts down kind of thing. And and I've always, because of the career that I have, I've been really lucky to work with lots of interesting people and I've been freelance for a long time. So I dip in and out of lots of different worlds. So the idea just came to me of like, why don't I just chat to people that I already know that I've been lucky enough to work with about what they do the thing that they're passionate about because I know how passionate I am about what I do um and I'm just always like oh god that, like I, you know I'm always just constantly going I get to work with amazing people I'm not that amazing like you're always like not comparing yourself but you're just like this is mental that I'm in this room with these humans that can do these amazing things <laughs> so I just and I always had questions but you don't really necessarily get the time when you're working with somebody to be like so when did this all start and you know, I'm pure grilling them as you're making a thing so so it's just really nosy is what I'm saying. So uh, I decided to buy myself a dictaphone and I went to a cafe in Coatbridge, you remember it? So Coatbridge? I think it was Coatbridge. And I met my friend Deborah and Drolaglin. And we had a lovely scone or whatever we had and we had a chat and I just asked her, like, just, you know, I don't think I planned too many questions in advance. I obviously thought about it, the things that I wanted to know. Um, she She's a theatre maker, so... um. And she's my pal and I like learned loads about her that I didn't know. So it, mm-hmm. it was just such a worthwhile exercise. And then I typed it up as like in a magazine type article and made a blog. But it took me a long time to write it mm-hmm. up because I agonised over every sentence. And I just felt like I couldn't get the essence of the person right and, and how our conversation had went and how they described things. You know, I was doing quotes and stuff, but 
anyway, I did maybe, I don't know, seven or eight um, blog posts. I also did ones just on my own, just stuff that was in my head. And then nothing for a, a while. But all the while I was listening to loads of podcasts while I commute. And it was my mum that said, why don't you just turn the Brown the Brave blog into a podcast? And I was like, that sounds amazing, but I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> so my mum and dad bought me the podcast mic, which I'm using right now, for my Christmas that year. And my sister was like, you need to download this software. And she sorted me with getting the software on my laptop. And I just went for it. And I just contacted, I contacted Ross Baxter, who's a, a young actor that I'd worked with from like, he was like a teenager the first time I worked with him. And then he went on to study and stuff. And he was working professionally. And I was like, do you want to come to my house? And we'll just chat. And we did that. And then it just spiraled from there. So that was like the start of 2019. I that's right. Um, and I did like 70 odd episodes in person, whether the person came to me or whether I went to them. And then the pandemic hit and I was mm. like, all right, great. I can't go to my work and I can't do the podcast. <laughs> I mean, my whole life is over. Uh, and then I just had to figure out like everybody else how to do it online. But essentially, to answer your question, people listen to this will be like, oof, she can talk. <laughs> uh, the podcast is about people and their passions. I've got a bit of thing for alliteration, you see. So bra and the brave. People, people and their passions, passions. Kennedy Cupcakes, which is the name of my dance troupe. Um, <laughs> so it's never deliberate, but it always happens. And But I didn't want it just to be about the arts because I'm nosy about other things. Mm. So it's like, are you passionate about something? Then I will talk to you. I will listen cool. to you more More importantly. Um, and it, like, it's just been a total joy like from start to finish. I love it. Mm-hmm. And I forget that it's not my job. And it doesn't make me any money because <laughs> I would just do it every day. It's the best, isn't it? Just getting to have conversations. It totally is. I know. See, you've got yeah. the bug now. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. And it, like, I don't know what is that? Why people love podcasts? Is that why they've exploded? Because, like you said, that you get an essence of people uh, more so than in, in the written word or even in like a stage TV interview. It just feels more natural somehow. I think so. I think that kind of long form, like, it's okay that it it's an hour long or an hour and a half or whatever 45 minutes however long it needs to be I don't really tend to well I definitely don't put any kind of time limit I mean people have been in my house for like five hours I'm like you have to go to your life now sorry I feel like I've kept you captive but it's just because you know we've maybe stopped recording but the conversations continued because I think um I mean certainly not post-pandemic because I've not really done a lot in person which I'm hoping to be able to do again but certainly before the pandemic, um, yeah, just that time to sit down and blather. And people do like talking about themselves. And I think that's, that's a good thing. Like, that's, that's not true. a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and just finding that kind of common ground is always great, Jimmy, when you realise that you actually have more in common with somebody than you would maybe think. Yeah. Um, and just learning from each other. Like, I think it's so important. But it's a total gift, like, that I get to do it. Cause, because you have a podcast and it's got a name, like, you know, you're like, I have this thing, it's called the Brown the Brave Folk. I'm like, all right, that sounds like a thing. <laughs> then they want to talk to you. Whereas, you know, like, and I've been able to, like, brass neck it and ask so many amazing people to do it and just, like, had conversations. I'm like, that's amazing. And if I didn't have the podcast, I would never have been able to maybe chat to that person otherwise because they yeah. be, they'd be like why do you want to chat to me for an hour you turned up on a bus and just started right. talking to people it wouldn't have quite I mean I, I sometimes do that too but <laughs> 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 so I think you're right I think it's just um like 
because it's not written down, it is capturing the essence of the people that are mm-hmm. chatting, you know, and you just like, I think we like to EDWIG as well. So it's nice to have like a window into somebody else's life, somebody else's conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. And you were saying, you know, about being nosy. <laughs> I, I've, you know, been an anthropologist for a few years and it's like people call anthropologists professional gossips because we just like to go and we like to find out about people, you know, it's, it's not anything more sophisticated than that, really. Um, and I think this podcast is sort the dream of a job. Idea. <laughs> Professional gossip. <laughs> we hear what people say, we write about it. It's, you know. <laughs> hey, everyone. We just want to say a huge thanks for tuning into this episode of The Men Who Talk and take a quick break from the conversation to remind you how you can access more information on our collective. Head to our website, www.themenwho.com, drop us an email at letstalkatthemenwho.com or check out our Instagram, at themenwho underscore, to see what we're up to. Together, it's our purpose to raise the power of sharing what's on our mind and make it easier for men everywhere to access their well-being potential. So why don't you join us on this lifelong journey? Thank you, and back to the show. And I think these people are fascinated by people. I think we know that, like through yeah. social media. Yeah, like, and, we love nothing more than like peering into people's lives. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we are nosy as a people, but it's like it's—is it a desire for connection? Is it like we just want to? I think what's great about podcasts, I find at least, is that someone will say something to someone just offhand, or it'll be like a, a sudden comment, and it'll just feel like, oh, I feel like that sometimes. It, there's a resonance yes. that happens when people are not scripted and and just talking offhand that. Oh, hundred percent more normal in a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole imposter syndrome chat. Like, you know, I was spoken to people that are, you know, so experienced and so successful, and they are still saying the same things as that. I think, and I'm like, all right, okay, good. This is good. Like, I am not alone here. Yeah. And I think you're right. We just were longing for that connection and being divided, um, in so many ways, even in more recent times because of what's going on in the planet. I think we need that more than ever. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, it, it really is a, a gift to be able to sit down with anybody. And I genuinely mean that. Like, I always say that. I try and, like, keep, obviously, for the listenership and just because I am what I'm keen to, I'm curious to learn more about different worlds. I try and, like, mix up in terms of what the guests' passions are. Mm. But I literally, you know, I'm like, if you're passionate about some, I will talk to you. I don't, I don't need to know how many social media followers you've got or, it's not about that. It's not popularity contest. I'm not like, oh, that would get me loads of listens if I got mm-hmm. that person. You know, I have had people that are well-known, I guess, maybe in their sphere or maybe even bigger than that. Um, but it's not about that. It's maybe we've just made a connection. I've worked with them or they've listened mm-hmm. to the podcast or it's not been a, that would be good for the podcast. Like, <laughs> even, you know, if you're passionate about something, then people will find that interesting. Even if they're, they've never thought about golf or whatever it is. I mean, although I've never had anybody on the podcast about golf yet. How passionate can someone be about golf? That's what I'd like to like to know. Well, you'll be surprised. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think that's the thing. I think once people are connected to something they're fascinated by, it doesn't matter what they're talking about. It's, it's just about the of that energy coming off them. That it feels real, you know? Infectious. Infectious. You know, when somebody yeah. gets really like, into what, you're talking about what they're really into. You're like, I'm. I want to know more about this now. Or that. That sounds good, by the way. You know, and it opens your mind as well. Like things that you, you know, you would maybe not 
be interested like I don't know anything about art but I've spoken to a lot of artists you know mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I would definitely be more likely now I think to go to art galleries or do you know what I mean like than probably would before because like it's mm-hmm. the I'm just I like people I'm interested in people so it's like if I can get to know the person behind the thing mm-hmm. then I'm yeah I'm I'm, I'm buying in yeah that's cool so in in true broad and brave fashion what is your passion at the moment Lisa what, or what are you working on right now that's making you passionate gosh I'm, I'm lots of bits so that's like the nature of being freelance I think um and I'm really lucky to be able to kind of dip my toe in lots of different things so yeah predominantly um I choreograph uh I do a lot of teaching so I've worked in education a lot so I, I'm in a school at the moment once a week which is lovely I like to have that in my life as you know as a constant um working with young people so that's great um but I've recently worked on a project because it's basically happening this week so it's kind of fresh in my head but it's not dance and somebody asked me to do something and I was like me are you sure um so you might have seen if you follow the Bron the Brave Instagram um I dabble in poetry um so I've recently worked on a project with an amazing company called the Audio Story Company who were actually guests on the podcast and then we got brought together by North Lancashire Council to create a new audio experience. So that's what the audio story company do. They make these amazing audio experiences, like immersive. So they use like, um, you know, your silent disco headphones. Yeah. So they use them to create these amazing theatre performances, uh, presumably for young people. Um, but this piece that we've worked on uh, was specifically inspired by um, adults over 55 in North Lancashire so we got the chance to go out and basically just speak to people in different areas about their lives and the places that they're from about memories um yeah just anything that they wanted to tell us and we have made two audio pieces one indoor one outdoor um for for anybody really I mean it was obviously our target kind of audience if you like was adults um over the age of 55 but it, it feels like it might grow arms and legs in terms of intergenerational stuff. And um, cool. yeah, and I mean, guess anybody over 55, that's quite a, that's quite a, you know, a spectrum there, you know. So we, we yeah. went to a care home and, um, and worked with some people there and I, we went on walks with walking groups. And so it's been a joy and it's, and I've written some poetry for it that, and also recorded it. So my dulcet tones are on there as well. Oh, I'm getting nice. more used to hearing it because so this is performance week. So as we're speaking, we're now taking it out into the communities that we actually worked with and giving people a chance to hear what we've we've made. Oh, that's exciting! So it's really nice, like because you're just like getting to see how people react to it, and then the conversation, which you know is my favorite thing, um, that sparked afterwards, kind of thing, which is um, and nostalgia is a big thing for me. I think a lot of my poetry is kind of around memory and nostalgia. So there's that element in there so it's really great if people start talking about their memories and things that happened and I think it's just always been an interest of mine I've got a 1940s 50s inspired dance troupe so Mm -hmm. that era of music and the styles of dance that's always been a love of mine and I've been lucky to work in care homes quite a lot performing so it all seems to have helped Mm -hmm. to create this you know to be a part of this piece where I was going why am I here again? Are you sure you need me? <laughs> but we've made it, we've made some nice things and we've had a lovely time doing it. So that's really cool. Mm, that's fantastic. So is it just to understand, is it like store the stories that you collected are told in the kind of audio piece that you've created? Yeah, it's like um so like one of the pieces is more like an outdoor meditative piece where we ask people to like notice their surroundings. 
mm-hmm. and there's a lovely soundscape that I listened to at the time. So and there's to do a, while they're walking kind of thing. Yeah, they can, mm-hmm. or they can do it still, so they can be outside. Um, but, you know, they may be on a walk and then take a pause wherever they are to just be in the surroundings, be present. Whereas the indoor piece is more bathed in thinking, uh, creating your own space. So you're an artist, you just don't know it. And you start with this blank piece of paper and all of a sudden you've got this room that's filled with trinkets and memories and postcards. and um, But you have to leave room to add some more. So it's more adventures that you're going to go on. Mm. Um, so it's, it, there's that nostalgic bit, but there's also room for like what you're going to go on with your day. Mm-hmm. What are you going to, what memory are you going to make today to put in this room? Oh, that's cool. But it's really it's interactive, you know, and there's a bit of movement. Well, you know, there's a suggestion that you can move your body if you're comfortable in the space. And so mm-hmm. it's great. It's been so like it's been a total education for me and even like recording it and all that professionally. I wasn't mm-hmm. in the I wasn't in the broad brave cave. <laughs> <laughs> so um it's been lovely and Sarah and Callum that run the audio story company, they've just totally kind of encouraged and coaxed, you know, coached me. And how to do this um, with them. So it's, yeah, it's been great. It's nice to learn even at this age. Yeah. I say that as if, like I mentioned, but you should learn all the time. So that was nice. Keep your brain active. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I 100%. Yeah. Do you, like you, I've, I've noticed that on the Braun Brave, you, you often write in Scots dialect. Is that yes. something you're still working with? Definitely. And actually, one of the, those pieces, um, there's some Scots in there as well. Mm. I'm no expert. I just write in my own voice I guess a lot of the time Um, and because the bra and the brave became a thing and then you know the kind of famous question that I was asked at the end like what's your favourite Scots word or phrase Mm -hmm. I think part of my dissertation when I was at uni was to do with Scots as well so it's just something that I'm kind of interested in it always fascinates me that somebody's got a different word for the same thing but they only live up the road (laughs) you know I always tell the story like so when the when I just started the the cupcakes the dance troupe and I text all the dancers like what they needed to bring for the gig and I said mind your gutties and one of the girls was like like freaking out like I don't have gutties like what gutties and I was like what you doing like your gutties and like she just was like what is that and I was like like your I don't know and then I, I couldn't find another word for it and I was like like your gym shoes like your like your sand shoes and she was like what did you call it and I was like gutties and then one of the other cupcakes was like Oh no, I call them Sani Bates. And then we were like, what? <laughs> so this sparked like a whole conversation of what do you call them? And it was like plimsolls, gym shoes, gutties, Sani Bates. I'm like, we all live like quite close to each other. How <laughs> have we got all these words? So that always makes me chuckle, like just mm. different words for that. And I learn new ones all the time from people. Well, who's, here's a good test. What, what do you call chewing gum? I would call it chewing gum, but I know some people call it chungi. The, well, there's Chungi, there's Chuggy, Chuggy, which is like Dundee kind of area. I grew up near Dundee. And okay. then I've heard in, in parts of Fife, it's Chunny. So, it's okay. like, so there's a whole spectrum of chewing gum words out there. There you go. <laughs> My dad's friend, I don't know him. Is it, I, know, I mean, I do know what his actual name is, but his pal has always been called Chick. Chick. And it's because he always ate like, you know, like chicklets, like chewing gum. Oh, yeah, I think I, remember, I know that one. You know, they're like, the just like, I guess they're like extra. There are other brands yeah. available. But that's why they call him Chick, because uh. he, when he was growing up, he always ate them. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what, how I that's, know him to be. I don't, like, I would never call him by his actual name. So there you go. <laughs> chewing gum is very important to the life of Scotland, clearly. It is. But I, I think I would just call it chewing gum. But I think folk at school called it chungi. Chungi, yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's amazing. Scotland in particular, because I'm up in, I'm living up near Inverness just now. I'm noticing <laughs> all these other different dialects. Oh, I bet you. And I love the, the Shetland accent. I've been up there and it's just, yeah, it's a beautiful voice. There's something so sing-song about Scots, I think, that really suits poetry and swearing. So true. Both. Yes. I mean, I don't do any, I don't do any swearing in my poetry. I always say to like anybody that comes on podcast, I'm like, it's fine. I've got the wee explicit sign. You know, you express yourself however you see fit. It's just words. Yeah. <laughs> they can't yeah. hurt. Um, but yeah, with the Scots stuff, it kind of just creeps in to the poetry, but I definitely wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I'm. Yeah. Still learning, which is always good. Every day's a school day. <laughs> Take the <laughs> curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, yeah, we have we have a, a difficult question for you that I posed to you oh, yeah. from the last podcast. And yes. um it's not an easy one, but I'm gonna pose it to you and we'll just see where it goes. We can just Okay, let's do it. L- l- I'm strapped in, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so like last podcast, we were talking a lot about meditation and the value of sitting with your discomfort in meditation, like emotions that come up physical sensations that come up that you might not normally acknowledge maybe are just below the level of your kind of awareness that just kind of come flooding out mm-hmm. but then you realize that once you've kind of gone through them you feel lighter and a lot better so the question is kind of if you could end all of your discomfort end all of your pain and suffering uh, with one press of a button would you do it okay so when you messaged me that, because you were like, do you want to know the question in advance? And I was like, oh, because fine, I'll swing it. And then I was like, you can tell me if you like. And then you told me, I was like, thank <laughs> goodness you told me. Because <laughs> I, I would have drawn a blank. <laughs> uh, so this this is interesting because I understood it to be ending all suffering, all pain. Oh, and I was like, oh, no, don't put that on me. <laughs> please, please answer. You can answer that question if you want. I'm genuinely not ready for the answer to that question because I was like, God, this is like, I can't. Like, I ha- Of course I have to end all suffering. But I could totally see your point about, obviously, the lessons that I learned. Mm. So if I was talking about my suffering, absolutely not. I would not press that button. No? Nope. How not. come? I think it's been and will continue to be and is right now a valuable lesson to for things to be uncomfortable, to be hard. Um, actually quoted Glennon Doyle as I was leaving the school today to my my colleague and I was like we can do hard things she was like what is that and she's amazing because she's the kind of person who collects like little kind of mantras and quotes and she's got them all on her phone and mm-hmm. she just like has a look at them whenever she needs them and sometimes she'll pass the phone to me and I'm like oh yeah thank you needed that one today so she was <laughs> apparently she was adding that one to our, our list but um yeah I think I, I can't argue that anything difficult that's happened to me or things that I've been through that I've felt hard or uncomfortable or challenging haven't you know I couldn't say they haven't taught me a lesson that they Mm. weren't worth it um you know because that my colleague was saying about you know losing people and that that's the kind of the price to pay for loving people you know we Mm. can't have you know grief you know without you know we can't have love without grief you know it's like it's just like you you can't have one without the other and I was like yeah that's so true so Mm. I think it's just more general in the sense that yeah I don't think I would push the button Mm. I mean I'm 
obviously you, you were describing there. I was like, it's that we're going on a bear hunt. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Got to go through it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I mean, obviously things that have happened to me, I wouldn't necessarily be like, let's go back there. That was no, fun. You don't have to repeat them. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I'm sure I've learned something, you know, from every difficult situation. Mm. Um, I, I'm being a bit cloak and dagger as if there's been loads of terrible things that have happened to me that, I haven't. I've been very lucky in my life. I'm very privileged. Um, but like everybody, we've had hard times. Um, yeah. And I think it's been valuable for me to learn that not everything is easy. Yeah. Well, I like that we can do hard things because that's not mm-hmm. saying it's easy. It's not saying, you know, don't think about your suffering. That's not what we're saying. But it's just um, you are more resilient. You're more powerful than you think inherently you've got you've got resources that are you know able to cope with these yes. things and I don't think of myself as a resilient person I think of myself as like a super sensitive like somebody who like can't deal with like anything that's hard like oh, like you know having a meltdown like kind of person mm-hmm. so then but then I, I guess the things that have been hard that you're like well nobody died today you you survived then you're mm-hmm. like oh well maybe maybe there is a bit of resilience there maybe yeah. you did get through it so Nothing well, how, have happened. How do you, what are your kind of, how do you find that happiness and joy and energy that seems to bubble out of you? <laughs> oh, thanks. That's kind. <laughs> um, from people. Like, I, like I, I'm not very good at being on my own, although obviously, like everybody else with the pandemic and being stuck at home, just had to like get on with that because I think I'm just a, a very much a people person and I get my energy from other people. So, um, I've had to learn just to like sit with myself and be like, you're all right. Although obviously I did a million podcast episodes when I was <laughs> sick at home and I was like doing all these lives and stuff. So I was like, get me people. Um, so I definitely get my, I think my energy from other people, um, from, I love music. I love moving, obviously. Um, mm. I have lots of different interests. Like I like a bit of interior design. Like, so I've always got a pro, like, I think you would say at least it's always got a project. Like what are you up to? So I'm either yeah. writing a poem or painting a wall do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. none of it will be brilliant, but I'm having a nice time. So yeah. I've always got something in the go. Um, I like experiences. So, like, I just had a big birthday at the weekend. Um, it was my 21st before MD asks. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was very important to me that I just spent it with people that I really love. You know, I was like, I don't want anything. I don't need mm. anything. I just want to have a good time with the people that I love. So I mm. definitely did that. And we'll continue to. I'm going to milk this birthday <laughs> Good as idea, long as we like, can. Have a week long one. That's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's good, isn't it? But now you're reaching a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're into a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some. It's not that. a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds good. That's like connection, conversation, people bring you joy, and you're a podcast host, so that sounds perfect. Yes. I mean, it, I mean, the podcast. Like, if somebody said you couldn't do it anymore, I'd be. I'd be a bit lost. Like exactly. I do love it, and yeah. uh, you know, it's I've been really lucky to get the opportunity to host some live Bra Braves in front of an audience. So I'm doing another one at the Harbour Arts Centre in Irvine um, in October, October the fifteenth. Then do what's to come with um, the musician Horse McDonald, which is amazing. Like cool. I, I'm so like thrilled that we're getting to do it. Um, so that's a totally different dynamic having an audience there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it twice before and both of them were totally different totally brilliant this will be my third one so the, the podcast has opened up new opportunities which I never saw coming but mm-hmm. we're definitely like a dream like that'd be cool if we could do that 
and it happened um so that's that's awesome because you're just learning new skills again yeah yeah that's amazing coming on to the podcast yeah well obviously I was trying to be all like clever and like think like oh well I got a hard one so let's make this <laughs> one but then I have to just go on brand because mm-hmm. at the end of the Brown the Brave I do a thing called the hingamajigs which are just random questions that I picked from a list to give each guest but the constant one because it's called the Brown the Brave is what is your favourite Scots word or phrase? Oh, so I will pose that to the next person and that okay, might spark an uh, interesting conversation. Yes, I think it will. <laughs> That's a great one. I, I love it so much because I think, like we've said, there's just so many great... I, I might add in phrases. Do you say words or phrases? Words or phrases. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, because yeah. you've got like all the crackers, heed the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I don't know if this is a Scottish one, but never in a month of Sundays. Is that a... Scottish yeah. Word. Oh, I don't know if it's Scots, but uh, I do enjoy that. Yeah, it's my it's pal was saying the other day there her um, partners from Wales, and she was saying, you know, you, you say like half something in two, and I was like, I. She was like, he thinks that's dead weird, and I was like, what? She was like, well, obviously, if you're halfing it, it, it it's in two, so you don't need to say half it in two. You say <laughs> half it, and she was like, absolutely not. You half it in two. <laughs> I was like, sure. is that a Scottish thing then? Because he's from Wales, and he thought that was absurd. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So there may be ones that don't sound Scots. Mm-hmm. Don't use Scots language, but there may be maybe we just use them a lot here. That could be it. That could be it. I think Scottish people just love a phrase. They they love a they love a saying. Yeah. Just like a just like the pattern. It's like to hear our own like to hear our own voices. <laughs> That's why we're You're on the proving podcast. that. <laughs> proving that in your podcast. <laughs> well, Lisa, thank you so much for bringing your voice and for talking to us. I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful to talk to you as always. It's ditto right back at you. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. And uh, well done for starting your wonderful podcast. Very oh, proud of you both. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're grateful for your encouragement. Not at all. It's a pleasure. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best moving forward with it. Thank you. Well, we'll speak to you soon, Lisa. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Men Who Talk. We really hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we did and can apply some of today's wisdom to your own mental well-being practices. For more information on this episode or our collective, head to the show notes or visit our website, www.themenwho.com or head over to Instagram, at themenwho underscore. If you've found value in what we've been sharing, feel free to rate and review our show as it really helps us spread the word and reach more listeners. For now, keep talking, stay well, And be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Men Who Talk.